So today I'm super excited to have Sean Clark on the show. Sean is the co-founder and CEO of High Level. High Level is a suite of white label software solutions and services for agencies and marketers. Sean, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Cool. So for listeners who haven't heard of High Level, uh, can you explain what you guys do? Sure. Yeah. So we're a sales and marketing automation and CRM platform uh, amongst 10 other, 100 other features. <laughs> but primarily, our target market is 100% marketing agencies, entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, but really with the end in mind of helping small business owners and but really by helping first the agency and then helping the small business owner. So you guys probably compete with the likes of Vendesta, HubSpot, et cetera. How do you guys yes, position yourselves so. in the market? Like how do you position <laughs> differently? Yeah, so we don't sell to any small business owners directly. So we only sell to marketing agencies. And so that's really what fundamentally makes us different. And then of course, you know, we'll not only allow, but also very much push for white labeling of our products. So we want our direct customer to sell to the end small business owner and the small business owner has no idea we exist. So I saw on your site, you guys have loads of features, you know, email, SMS, sales funnels, website builder, CRM, etc. Plus you offer a white label agency. How big is your product team and how do you ensure that you're building the best of class products across all those features? Sure. I think we have, oh gosh, 60 or 70 people we're hiring at a very fast clip at the moment in the product team. So that's engineering and product together and probably QA. We've got about 130 team members, 150 team members now all in. And so, so it's a pretty big team. And then as far as you know, how we build our product is we're very customer centric. So all of the product managers, you know, they have internal KPIs around their features, utilization of those features, et cetera. But we are really like, what do we build next? Or what's the new enhancement? Or how should we build something is driven off two things. One is a public, well, a customer facing public roadmap and ideas board that is divided up amongst all the different feature sets. So we let our customers vote and we build what they vote up. Um, and then it's also meeting with individual customers to literally sit down on Zoom calls and go over their use cases, talk through their issues and really inform the product roadmap. Cool. So something you mentioned now is having this um, a public roadmap that's visible to your to your users. Yeah. So, so you show what's coming up as well? Is that kind of open? And yeah. Like so, we, we only, yeah. So we only plan a quarter in advance. So like we don't know, like, because we want to be really flexible, right? But, you know, to be fair to our customers, they want to know, you know, when's this feature coming or when's that feature coming? And if it's on, if it's currently, so we, we show two things. One, is it currently in progress? Like right now is the dev team writing code or is it planned for this quarter? Yes or no. And then outside of that, it, it's the ideas list. And then the and then the idea <laughs> is that at the end of the current quarter, right towards the tail end, we're just literally looking at the ideas list, sorting by votes, and grabbing out those next items for that particular part of the app and building those for Q3 and Q4. So what would you say is your biggest challenge as CEO right now? At this stage, I'd say it's it's hiring the the best and more importantly, the right people. And what I mean by that is at our stage, we need someone who has been where we are today, but has also taken you know that one function to that sort of that next level, and not someone above that because that would be a mistake because they don't remember what it's like to be here, and not someone below that or even at that because they don't know what those next steps are. So it's really hiring people where I get on the interview with them and I'm just sitting there learning and listening and taking notes, and if I'm telling them something or I'm educating them on something or I'm trying to tell them how I think it should be, I'm talking to the wrong person. That's a good point. I assume as CEO, you're spending most of your time hiring right now. Is that where your time is spent? Yeah, I would say mostly at the C-level. So whether it's customer success, a CFO, CMO, COO, whatever it might be, 
that's where I spend all my time today. How would you describe the vision, like a long-term vision for your company? Like what's the ultimate sort of vision there? I mean, I think we have an opportunity to serve almost every small business in the world through our model because our model is not about a winner-take-all strategy. Our model is about figuring out how to help our customers make more money. And by doing so, we really form a partnership with our customers. And so the idea is how do we become that engine in our customers' business? And if we can do that successfully, we can help them be more profitable. We can help them scale, help them make more money. And as a result, we'll do great. And then they'll be able to do what they do, which is help small businesses thrive both with technology and services. And so really that's kind of our focus. So you mentioned that obviously you offer a wide label solution. You know, I told you about, I think before we started recording, my experience with wide labeling at Sendable, you know, I was, um, you know, I was, I was bootstrapping the company had about six months of savings after I quit my job and I needed to make the company kind of grow quickly. So I introduced the white label reseller model and that, that kind of got the company off the ground. So, so was the plan for you to always offer a white label service or did that come about later on? Okay. So very early on, I would say the first two months or something, we were all about selling directly to SMBs. We had an existing group of SMBs, but you know, in that experience, we learned that while we, our customers would actually tell us to our face, they loved our software, but then they would still quit and cancel because they just didn't have the time to learn it. And it was really through that journey that we, lucky for us, met a couple of really smart agency folks and they sort of taught us this idea. And I think for us, it was once we kind of got to this point where we that was our, our realization, like we're software engineers, my original co-founder and I, and we want to build the absolute best tool we can imagine, right? The best code we can imagine. We don't want to spend a lot of time dumbing the thing down. And so we thought, okay, if we're going to do that, who can we sell this to? And agencies were really that natural fit. So once we determined that, that's all we did is offer white label. So, I mean, it's not to say we offer a white label version. We are white label software. We do not try to ever be visible to our customer. And we want all of our customers to white label us. And then just to understand on your website, it said that you offer an agency white label service. Is that, is that right? So you offer the actual agency side too? Yes. So now what that means today and versus what it means in the past and what it'll mean in the future has evolved. So initially... When you work with smaller marketing agencies, maybe they only offer one service or two services. And my original vision there was, well, how could we help them offer 10 services to really do a better job for their customer? But what we found over time was services are inherently very churn centric. And so what we've, what we've learned is you can still actually offer almost all those same services by name, but through a truly different method. And what I mean by that is, let's say you're doing social media posting as an example. You know, traditionally one might say, well, an agency was going to create a bunch of social media posts for my plumbing business. That means they're going to write them all themselves are always going to be unique, et cetera, et cetera. But that's not really that valuable. And it's certainly not worth how much it really costs to do it. So instead, what we're doing now is saying, hey, here's a thousand pre-done social media posts for plumbers. Go ahead and take those and use them with every plumber you got. And now you can literally effectively provide the same service and more importantly, the same value as those custom posts. And that is really an effective agency service. Yeah, that, that's really cool. Just another thing. So obviously, uh, if you're wide labeling, you're kind of masking your brand. So you're kind of losing out on the extra brand awareness. Not really. We obscure our brand where it matters, right? So we obscure our brand at the SMB level. So we're not obscuring our brand at the agency level. So we're incredibly active in the in the agency world. We'll get more as we go along, but it's about focus. It's about knowing who you ultimately are trying to serve and being willing to serve them in the absolute best way they need to be served. And so with agencies, in effect, they're going out into the world and saying to a small business, like, I'm going to help you grow your business. And today that's more than just, I'm going to do a service for you. It's also, you're going to need some tools or I'm going to need some tools or we're going to need some tools that are technology and software based. And really 
Today, what we're doing is enabling them to show up to the party with both the service and the tech all aligned together and provide one before the other, provide them both at the same time. It doesn't matter, but they're the end all be all to their customer. That's our mission. But if you're an agency, we're all over you with our brands and we don't hire hide our brand if you're an agency. So that's the fundamental difference for us. Okay. So when you when you communicate with your agency clients or through the tool itself, it's obviously branded. But it's it's unimpressed. It's it's white labeled when it's visible to the to the clients of the agency. Oh yeah, exactly. The white label is really for us, it's a really fundamental concept here. A lot of companies offer a white label as like an option or something. We do it because we just had this early experience where we said like, we really want to help the plumber grow their business. And what we realized is that the best plumbers in the world have really good agencies. <laughs> because if you truly are a great plumber, what does that really mean? Right? Like that probably means you're like everything about plumbing, you're an expert. Like if something in the world of plumbing comes up, like you're the go-to person. So if that's true, that means you're always advancing your skills. You're learning about plumbing stuff. You're going to plumbing seminars. I don't know, plumbing, whatever. That's the point. I don't know, but that's what makes you an expert, right? That also means that in your day, you don't have any extra time to learn funnels and websites and Facebook ads and social media. Like it doesn't make sense, right? So you turn to a to a trusted expert, and those are the people that we serve. So I know from obviously offering the white label service at Sendable, our agency clients are really worried about seeing Sendable. Even in the source code, we had to remove the name the, the name Sendable from any source code. If you because if you go view source on a website or web page, they're really like anal about that almost. Yeah, us too. Is, is the same for you guys? Yeah. So so have you so you fully white labeled. You've removed all mention of high level, and it's completely removed. I think that like. You got to be realistic in the world. So like, you know, we absolutely stamp it out anywhere where we proactively can find it, where they, we get reports of it, whatever. But I mean, I'm certain that there's some way to sort of dig through and all of that. I, I don't want to sort of hold myself out as some expert in a disappearing act. But I think at the end of the day, it's it's a simple idea that when the small business owner comes to the agency, they themselves can't easily find us. So we're not in the source code. We're not on the screen. You know, we're not anywhere super obvious. And even there with the source code, you know, I always thought it was funny because it's like, well, how many people are going to actually look at the source code? And I think the answer really is the agency is going to look at the source code. The small business is not. But, you know, just to make them feel better, we pulled ourselves out for sure. And if the SMB does discover that it's, it's powered by your platform and they come to you directly, can mm -hmm. they can they use your service directly or is it only for agencies? No, so what we do in that, so we've, we have, we certainly have situations where people will do that. And what we do is we always make sure that like we go to the agency. So first of all, the way it normally happens is if someone finds us, they'll say, hey, I have an existing account with XYZ agency. I just want to sign up direct. Can I take all my stuff out of there? To which we reply, no, <laughs> we don't steal things from our clients. And so what we generally do is if they stand on principle and say, I refuse, they can get it at their own account, but only if it's connected to the agency. And what I mean by that is the agency gets a 40% recurring affiliate commission out of the gate, which is actually our standard affiliate program that we have. But there's always a connection. So the agency can still log into the account. So the idea is that that agency never loses credit for that sale. And we're never taking from our customer. That's so important for me. And then just with your social media features that you mentioned, yeah. obviously, if you, have a, if you have an app on Facebook or on Twitter or whatever, when you post through a third party, it'll say buy a sendable, for example. How do mm -hmm. you mask that when it's a, a wide label solution? We have a gray label brand called Lead Connector. And so it allows us, so Lead Connector is le as legit as anything else. It has its own corporate filings. It has its own website. It's, it's a very much its own entity. It's a wholly owned subsidiary, of course, but it allows from branding purposes for us to do a great job, sort of, you know, we, we answer the phone there, we answer the emails there. We, it's not a black hole by any means, but it's not called high level. So that way, if somebody does run across it, and I love the name because it's like, oh yeah, we, we just connect leads, duh, you know, it's like, yeah. 
That's pretty cool. So, so that gray label sort of company, is that, is that used for everything else as well? So any sort of white label agency services you offer, is that under that, that company? Uh, well, in that case, we always, that one's nice because then we offer, we're offering the services to the agency who then offers them to the customer. So the only time we use that gray label is when we can't escape using that gray label. So if there's, as you're aware, Facebook wants to be compliant and we want to be compliant with Facebook, right? So there's a tremendous amount of due diligence that people have to go through in those scenarios. And for us, um, we do this with Google, we do this with Facebook, we do this with LinkedIn, Twitter, everybody. And so we, we want to be present there and do a great job. And so that's where that has to happen. But anywhere where it doesn't have to happen, we we opt out. We don't need the Leaf Decker brand to be there. So at Sendable, when we were competing with Hootsuite and we mentioned our wide label solution on a sales call, it was a real USP that helped us stand out in the markets. I know when I asked you in the beginning like, how you differentiate, you said the wide label solution. What part, yeah. what role do you think that wide label offering has played in your growth up till now? It's been a critical part of our go-to-market strategy. And I, I, I think it is, in our case, and maybe we're unique or agencies are unique in this way, but I think of it as just a really important way for us to approach our market. Because in our market, I think that what Hootsuite and others may not recognize or realize to the extent that it happens, I think a lot of agencies actually give them customers. I think that, you know, they may be running around buying ads and all this other stuff. And I'm sure on their spreadsheets in the back end, they're attributing all their sales to some of their campaigns. But the reality is, is that I think many people actually first hear about these companies because of agencies, because I think the lay business person out in the world doesn't spend all their time on the internet looking at software providers. And so I don't think they have this innate understanding of who the players are. And I think it's oftentimes an agency who does that redirection. And so the problem with that is the best case scenarios I've seen are ones where the agency will get some kind of spiff on that on that recommendation. But in reality, the vast majority of agencies rec- recommend a product, get no credit for it. And then if they're ever fired, which does happen all the time on the services side, they retain no revenue on the product side. And so for us, that was a ridiculous situation that we intended to solve and by white labeling and also by allowing our customers to resell and charge for the app, you know, we've, we feel like we've rectified that for them. Mm, that's a good call. Yeah. So um, just in terms of how the reseller model works, is that all built into the platform where they can resell and they yeah, can yeah, track yeah. their revenue? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. so so that's really cool. Really cool. They, they can come in. We try to keep it simple t- today, although we always have people who want to take it more advanced, but you know, you can, there's a plan builder, you choose the features you want, you choose the price point you want to sell it at, you know, yearly, monthly. And then when people sign up, they can get all the features that you give them. Plus we have what are called snapshots and snapshots are literally the ability to pre-create all kinds of assets because these are agencies, right? So they're creating landing pages and workflow sequences and social media posts and all kinds of stuff. All of those things can automatically get pushed into a new account. So as the plumber, let's say I log in for the first time, I'm not just going to see a blank slate. I'm going to see all the things that you as an agency have given me and they're incredibly unique, right? And this is how agencies, you know, I'll get the question sometimes like one agency will say, well, what's so different about me and the other agency if they both, if we both have high level. And the answer is, well, what's different about you now, right? Like, you guys do things differently. You have different results. You're, you think of yourself as being better than your competitor. Oh, well, of course. Well, great. You can put that into the snapshot and make it so that if I buy from you, I get your stuff versus if I bought from them, I would get their stuff. So it, it allows us to, to make them very competitive. And it automatically does the billing, of course, through their Stripe account. So we, we receive no money out of the deal. It just enables them to create a recurring software revenue stream. That's really cool. Uh, what advice would you give to other early stage founders just thinking about wide labeling? Like what sort of things should they go through in their heads or in their minds about whether they should or shouldn't offer a wide label solution? I mean, I would sort of think about like, who's the audience and what's the use case? So for us, it's sort of this double, 
sale thing that's important, right? So we're selling to someone who's selling to someone. Although sort of, I would say, quite generally speaking, that's probably something people should look for because I'm a software engineer by trade. And as much as I hate to admit it, it's not about software, it's about distribution. And if you look at the traditional channels of distribution, they either they fall down sort of, in, in my opinion, in two general camps. One is paid and one is organic. And the paid <laughs> has the problem that it's overrun with people who've raised a lot more money than you. And the organic has this allure in the sense that it's quote unquote free. But I will tell you, it takes a very long time, if ever, um, will it get to a place where you can fundamentally get any customers out of it. I'm certain that it's possible, but I think by itself, it's not going to fly. So like how as a, as a bootstrap founder, do you create some kind of momentum in your market? In my opinion, you need to find connectors, people who know a lot of the people that you have or who you want as customers today. And you need to cut them in on the deal. So another thing that we're not really, we haven't got into here, but something I would just drop a mention of is our 40% recurring affiliate program has been massive for us. It allows us to go to somebody who has a group of agencies and say, look, if you like our product and you were willing to promote it, we're going to give you 40% recurring every month for life in order to do that. And I think it is a really good incentive and allowed us to accelerate our model quite a bit faster than we otherwise would. That's extremely generous. I mean, for us, we were giving 30%. Uh, for the first 12 months. So if, you, if you're giving 40% lifetime commission, that's incredible. That's, that's well, amazing. I mean, I mean, I think that's, so of course my comment to anybody like you is I would say you sound like a cheapskate because <laughs> ultimately that's what you want it to sound like, right? I get why people do that, by the way. It's the more common standard thing to do, but that's the problem. Being common and standard isn't going to let you stand out. And, you know, again, I think if you've ever tried this, in my opinion, it's not writing the code that's difficult. It's getting the customers that's difficult. And honestly, if you could have, a thousand people out in the world batting for you and trying to find ways to to promote you. I mean, you're going to do better than if if you don't. And you might have to be generous on that, but but who cares? That, I mean, I, I think you can still run a very profitable business that way and be quite happy with the with the outcome. So when we were offering wide labels, obviously we had, we had loads of good years of growth and everything. And then, um, you know, as you said, with Facebook's policies, we decided to move away from wide labels towards co-branding just to protect our partnership. And I know you have a better solution now with your subsidiary and everything. I think that's a great setup. What are some of the challenges that you faced or uh, that you've kind of, that you faced as, as a company that offers offering wide label solutions? Like, is there anything in particular that's been difficult for you? Or? I think whenever, I mean, I always like getting on the phone with venture capitalists and private equity firms to learn, learn things because they, they know a lot about what's going on behind the scenes. The only difficulty I've ever faced is they think what we're doing is nuts. So, which always brings a smile to my face. So I would say, no, not none whatsoever. It's been the greatest decision ever. And honestly, can take very little credit for it. We lucked into it, but I think it, speaks volumes for a customer that we're willing to stand behind them in a way other people are not. And I think that's why we did it. So I think it's the why that matters more than anything is like, don't think of it as like a tactic. Think of it as a, like, what's your motivation? If there's no good motivation to do it, then don't, right? But if there's a great motivation to do it, then do it. But I think it's really hard to pick both sides of the line. Most of the other people I know of who do this, it's an option. It's like a, it's like a thing you can do. For us, it's like it's sort of like religion. There just isn't another option. So on the show, we like to reflect on things that helped us sort of scale our businesses in an unscalable way. So things that helped us stand out in the in the market. I know you mentioned obviously offering this very generous commission for affiliates. What else have you done that's not necessarily scalable, but that's helped you stand out to grow your business over the years? I'm insanely willing to get on the phone with almost anyone for almost any reason. Um, I spend to this day, I still get on phone calls with people that I know are a waste of my time. But it turns out that that's how it feels, but that's not how it is. 
I got on the phone with a guy yesterday who was a small business owner. He was a, a staffing agency. I told him everything I knew. And at the very end, and I said, he said, okay, great. Should I go buy high level? And I said, nope, you should go find an agency that uses high level and buy them. And that was 45 minutes of my time. But I, I was happy to do it because I don't know what's going to come of it. But you know, I still get on the phone every day with people who have problems with setting something up or running to some issue or whatever it is. I think being hyper-connected to your customer is super key because I think at the end of the day, there's lots of people that offer solutions to whoever it is that you serve. But I still think at the heart, we're all human beings. And if you can provide a level of care and compassion that is well in excess of your competitor, you're going to win the dollars of your customer because they don't, they're not really sitting around comparing every last little feature or every last little capability. What they're comparing is how much do you care about them? How much do you care about their success? And if you could be that person for them, if you can care more than anybody else, you can always win. That's brilliant advice. Um, it's something I talk about on the show a lot is, um, you know, it's sendable. I would manually reach out to every single new paying customer every single week. So we had hundreds of people signing up every week. I'd make a list in a spreadsheet and just reach out to them manually, send, like, send a semi-personalized message saying, hey, I'm a CEO. If you need anything, I'm right here. Here's my email address. And that like, like blew them away. Like seeing the CEO write to them personally Blew them, like, really just blew them away. They were so, so surprised to hear that. So yeah, I agree with you, just, just being, being human. Yeah. All right. Yet another great idea from you I have to steal. You're, you're <laughs> a super smart guy. I, I should have talked to you earlier on. Probably got to twice as big as we are now. <laughs> it takes time. It does take time, though, doing that kind of thing. But it, it pays off Pays off in the long term, I think, when they refer you to other people because of the experience. Yeah. Well, I, I, I totally agree with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think to myself all the time, how, how many CEOs of any software company ever can you get a hold of for any reason? Like, just doesn't happen. It's not a thing, right? Yeah. So I love I love that you did that. That's, that's, a, a, that's a really cool technique, too, by the way. Cool. Yeah. So we have a mix of entrepreneurs, founders I'm listening to this show. I know you, you're on probably on LinkedIn. Uh, where's the best place for people to find you online? How can they connect with you? I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, if you're a founder, probably LinkedIn. We run a great Facebook group, but it's only for customers. So, oh, by the way, that's, I guess, on the question of other things that helped us grow, a Facebook group. The Facebook group of customers has been phenomenal. We have 20,000 and growing people in our Facebook group, and it's all our customers. And it has created a community like none other. And to see the community support, to see people helping each other on non-software related topics. Like it's been a huge, huge, huge way for us to grow. Back to the point that on the community, that's just very interesting. Um, how do you get them to join the community? We tell them about it. We, when they join, we say, you know, welcome to high level. Step one, watch the videos or step two, join the Facebook or apply to join the Facebook group. We really push and promote it. And then, yeah, and it's in all our communication and everything else. And then just on the group itself, do you have someone managing that? Is it like a community manager that's prompting them to engage or? We do now. I, I mean, I, this was me for a long time. We just literally hired somebody. They started, I think yesterday or the day before. Uh, before it was kind of a, gr a group effort, but I mean, it's, it's a double-sided sword. So like you, like once you do it, you better, you better bear down and get ready because you're going to have a lot of people with a lot of opinions saying a lot of things that at times can hurt at times can hurt and be, and be t totally fictitious and sometimes hurt and be totally right. So you've got to be ready to be present and to, to be in the group. But at the same time, you learn a lot and it, it, it creates transparency. It gives you the ability to talk to people. And I think a lot of people respect and appreciate the fact that there is, you know, a way to sort of talk about their experience, good or bad. So we actually created an age, uh, sorry, a, a community on Facebook groups as well during COVID. Uh, we also have, we have over a couple of three or 4,000 people on there now. We noticed that the kind of the posts started like kind of tapering off. People stopped engaging as much. 
So I'm not sure if you're doing anything special to get them engaged. Was it just the community that's joining there? That's kind of our people. How do you? Well, well, so yeah, okay. So uh, we're I mean, we're a product-led growth company. So really, I mean, we started it as almost a way to like get the word out about new features, right? So hopefully, if I'm not in there every day, I'm disappointed. But I'm in there at least once a day, dropping some announcement about some new enhancement or change or update. And you know, we we put it in the Facebook group. It goes on our YouTube channel, like all of that stuff. We started doing things that, that would try to help people. So like, you know, like, oh, we're going to do a weekly live QA in here. And then we also do what are called spotlight sessions. So, you know, a big thing is it's not just about us. It's about anybody in the world who has value. So like if somebody comes to us and says, look, I help your group do like, could be software, could be service, could be whatever, could even be just an agency with a lot of success that wants to share something, could even be a coach. It doesn't matter. We vet them. We make sure they're legit all of that stuff. But then we bring them into the group and we say, hey, everybody, so-and-so is going to show up and talk about whatever if you're interested. And so we post those in the group. So it's about trying to create a community beyond us. It's really a community about marketing agency life, period, and, and becoming a marketing agency and all of those things. And so that is, I think, what has created sort of a lot of the buzz. Cool. Um, and if listeners want to just check out High Level, can they sign up for a trial and go highlevel.com? What, what's the best place? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I would, um, my strong advice is like go to our website and you'll see that we've done a great job creating a funnel and you can't help but sign up. But if you want to see like a lot of content and not only just on the software, but also on our culture and our community, I would go to the YouTube channel. It's got awesome content, just high level, one word, you can't miss it. But I mean, you'll see all the new feature releases that we do. You'll see all of the interviews that we do with community members and with um, people in our industry. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's got a lot of variety to it. And so if you're a founder, it's probably a good place to start. But yeah, then you can absolutely awesome. sign up for a 14-day free trial. Cool. Awesome. Thanks so much, Sean. Take care. Thanks for having me. Bye.